0: Hey, welcome to the Learning to Lead podcast. I'm Paul Doherty, and I'm joined today with our Victory Youth Pastor, Sam Grosso. Hey. And uh, we're going to be talking about Generation Z, which is the generation right beneath millennials. Yep. We're going to give you some very interesting facts on how to reach them, what what they're interested in. Uh, you're going to hear a little bit about what God's doing through our youth ministry and some of the wins and successes yeah. that we've seen with Sam, and what that has to do with leadership in general uh, in connecting with the generation that's beneath millennials and it's one of the fastest you know uh growing generations taking yeah, over yeah taking over a lot of a lot of jobs here and and creating new jobs media jobs technology jobs and so uh, whether you're a pastor a business leader a coach a teacher uh, a mom a dad a college student today's episode is for you so sam Tell them a little bit about who you are and what brought you to Tulsa and Victory and how it's been going. Yeah, yeah. So um, like you said,
1: youth pastor here. It's an honor to serve on you, Pastor Paul. Love love this house. And I've been here for almost a year now in Tulsa, originally from Minnesota. Youth pastored up there for six years. Um, had the honor of being in great church there and um, came down, honestly, because of what God is doing down here at Victory and just the move of God that's taken place here. And uh, it's been phenomenal. And for me, um, God really honestly called me back into youth ministry. I was on my way out looking at some other opportunities and had a wake up moment, honestly kayaking down a river. It was one of Come those on. moments where I'm just, uh, I'm flowing down the river and you know, when you get caught up and you're going downstream and all of a sudden you have this this moment where uh, Jesus just met me in that boat and we're paddling downstream. And before I know it, three hours downstream, I realized I got to turn around and go back <laughs> upstream. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what did I do? <laughs> This is Three awful. hours later. Yeah, and so That's I start... a long revelation, bro. Yeah, and so I start paddling back, and it was interesting because once I started paddling upstream, headphones come out, Hillsong's off. You know, we're just <laughs> paddling, just focusing on what I'm doing, sweating, and when I finally took a break, God just met me again and said, hey, you're paddling upstream with what you're trying to do. I've asked you to flow downstream. I've asked you to invest in youth ministry. And so wow. I really felt God calling me back, not even just to a youth ministry, but to youth ministry, to Generation Z. And wow. so for me, this is uh, this is really my heartbeat. And it's interesting because a lot of people that I talk to don't even realize that millennials are out of high school. <laughs> they haven't even quite grasped that. Hey, it's a new generation. In fact, there are no more millennials in high school. They've all graduated. The last possible arguments would have been uh, last year. And yeah. so we are totally in your youth ministry context. If that's middle school to high school, we are reaching Generation Z. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do here at Victory and. Uh, really see uh the the differences that need to be made in youth ministry in order to reach this generation so and just good. how we lead them in general. Yeah.
0: Real quick, um Sam, talk about the age brackets, like what year millennials uh have basically where it transitions yeah. to Generation Z. Yeah,
1: and there's there's always arguments on the exact year that it starts. I've seen arguments anywhere from 1998 to 2002, born in, the, in those years. That's the window of starting Generation Z up until now. And millennials, people argue, early 80s all the way up until about the year 2000. So really the turn of the century changed it. Because um, it's not just a new generation, it's actually a new age. Yeah. So we're out of the industrial age and we're into the informational age. So these are the first kids to be raised only knowing informational age. So they've been raised with smartphones, raised with tablets, raised with high-speed internet. They don't know the sound of you know dial-up. Like they, don't, they don't even know what that sound. like. Crazy? they that crazy? It's insane. And so... Um, yeah, so th- it would be, I-, I really believe, after the year 2000, those born after the year 2000. So Man, the oldest ones they, are like 18 right now. They
0: missed out on so many good 90s movies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Space Jam. <laughs> Dude, I came and preached for the youth group, and I, I was dropping some of my 90s you know, moments of, yeah, Space Jam, <laughs> yes. Mighty Ducks, Little Giants, Absolutely. DC Talk, hey. Audio Adrenaline, all those you know awesome things in the 90s. And they were like, what, what? is he talking about? What is about? that? yeah i don't know so so basically generation z is the group you're reaching right now in middle school and high school um obviously you're connecting with millennials that are leaders for you in the youth group um talk about the differences between what you see millennial generation being and the generation y or z sorry i keep getting mixed up with the letters
1: yeah well you see with with millennials um and even the industrial age model it's all about like I want to produce something right it's a production based mentality like how much can we produce what can we accomplish and so with millennials it was a lot of i want to come to an altar and i want to fix everything in a moment i want to have this radical i mean i had those moments like i want to go to wednesday night i want to go to youth group i want to solve all my problems and then i want to get back to skateboarding and have these incredible moments well with the informational age it's changed a little bit because they have access to all the information in the world, we've watched as they shift and how they engage, They, they engage more intellectually than just emotionally. It's a little less feeling based. They want to process and wrestle and work through the content to see if it's something that they want to believe. So if I just stand on a platform and say, because I'm a pastor, you need to listen to me. That's not good enough because that's great, you're a pastor, but I'm looking right now and a PhD actually yeah. sees things differently. They're than Googling you, everything yeah. you're saying. Yeah, Do you have a PhD, Pastor <laughs> Sam? Because he does and he's saying the opposite of what you are. And so realizing that... So they're be-
0: one of the smartest generations.
1: Um... I think most informed, not necessarily the most intelligent, not
0: necessarily
1: the most wise. Sometimes information doesn't lead to wisdom. And so that's part of it where they've adapted something and they've said, this is my belief system, this is who I am and it's really not wisdom it's just information that they gained yeah and that's the struggle Um, a gal named margaret mead a a lot of people are talking about predictions she made in the 70s and she actually predicted that this generation would be the first ever self-actualizing generation what that means is they're no longer looking to uh, their their adults their parents their grandparents for their worldview, their world beliefs instead they're actually looking peer to peer on social media who, who should I be I'm looking to the mm-hmm. left and I'm looking to the right which is I, scary it's, it's scary it's a really freaky thing to think hey it's not who are we as a family oh we're a family of builders we're a family of farmers we're a family of, that's gone away and instead it's I'm looking here and so part of that challenge is to say okay rather than then fight them and say you're terrible for being self-actualizing part of my challenge where my head is right now is going how do we capitalize on that in the church? Yeah, that because be that could be a success. It could be a It be a success. Because um, think about it, and if it's a glo- one of the first global generations, we actually have an opportunity for maybe one of the greatest revivals that's ever spread. we yeah. I mean, in mean, Honduras a few weeks ago preaching a youth rally, 600 kids. I'm asking the youth leaders, hey, where are they at on social media right now? Is it like Facebook? Is it a little behind? They're like, no, 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 no. Like They just gave up on Snapchat. They hate the new interface, so they're completely on Instagram. Well, that's right where my students are at. My yeah. students just gave up on Snapchat. I'm like, well, what about these movie references? Do they know? They're like, yeah, they know those movies. What are you talking about? Like, they looked at me like I was stupid. Like, <laughs> so of the course. whole
0: globe is on the same page. It's on page. the same page with They're this moving generation. All, like So I think that's really good, really important. How do you, as a youth pastor, capitalize on that? There's a lot of youth ministries that are struggling, and I don't mean this in a, in a boastful way, but Sam, like, Victory's youth is not struggling. It's no. growing. Yeah. You're connecting with teenagers. Yeah. Uh, last night you had just a little over 300 teens on a regular Wednesday night. Yeah. Not a big night. No. no big name speaker. No big band. That's kind of unheard of for a lot of youth groups. Even in churches the size of Victory, yeah. um, they're having a hard time connecting with teens and getting them to come back on a weekly basis. So share some of the wins on how you're building consistent growth, relationship, discipleship, yeah. and pulling, pulling that age group in. Well, yeah, I think
1: that's amazing, and for me, I always want to start with why. I love that book, Simon Sinek, and I I think that way because I know what I want the byproduct to end up being, right? We want community for these kids, we want to reach them for Jesus, we want to show them the power of God, all of these amazing things, but how do we do it? What's the why behind it? And really, um, what, what I noticed, my generation, and I was reached through relevancy. So my youth group that got me saved in high school was because they had the coolest skateboard park. They had the most relevant music. They were always dropping the references. They I felt like they understood me because they were relevant. And what I found though is that relevancy is not strong enough to reach Generation Z. It's actually authenticity that wins. Authenticity yes. eats relevancy for lunch. Because if I say, if I stand up there and I go on this rant about how much I love you know, like a Jaden Smith, who's a big time rap artist right now, right? Will Smith's son. If I, if I do that and they know for a fact that I don't actually like him and they can feel it, they're <laughs> like, you don't really listen to him. You just listen to Hill song half the time. If I try to be yeah. relevant, just for the sake of
0: relevancy, it doesn't land. And so they'd but, almost rather you tell them, I don't like this guy like that you it. all like. Yeah, exactly. They're like, Oh man, I can yeah. appreciate the authenticity. And I
1: did that last night. We were talking about video games, and I just talked about how much I don't give a rip about Fortnite. Like awesome. You all love Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite's so big in their world. But I'm like I haven't played yet. And so I'm actually okay (laughs) saying it. And they all laughed about it. Why? Because they'd rather me be authentic and real than pretend to like something for the sake of that. And so because in a world that's so fake and everybody's saying, hey, here's who I am on social media and I'm actually afraid that maybe my my real life won't match up with what i've created online because so good, of that tension man. you watch their world is fake so if you can be real and authentic Come and on, genuine Come on. and say hey i'm not perfect i'm your pastor here's a mistake that i've made here's yeah. what i've walked through they get so drawn into that cuz they're not used to it and yeah. that's how you stand out and ultimately that's what
0: jesus did Dude, right so it, good. it was he, and and one yeah. thing on that sam and we're going to get more into yeah. that that's something that anyone can do yesterday i was meeting yes. with a, a group of pastors um and several of them were over the age of like 50 years old and they were asking me you know is there a place for my age group to connect with your age group because wow. there's all these new young pastors taking over churches yeah and they Early say where, where does 55 and older um come into play with connecting with millennials and generation z and i i said what you said i said you don't have to wear skinny jeans. You don't have to know all the latest trends. You don't have to have you know the humor of Judah Smith or uh, mm. preaches fiery as Carl Lentz or whatever. If you are yourself and authentic, yes. you're going to connect with that generation. So the authenticity it opens the door for anyone to connect with yes. Generation Z. Um, that like I love what you said. That relevancy is, is not enough. It's yep. authenticity that's taking. And that's why Brene Brown is yes. connecting with our generation, 100%. even though she's twice our age. She's connecting with 20s and 30s because she's saying, listen, the world is hungry for vulnerability, transparency, yep. tell them where you're struggling, tell them how weak things are in your life, don't put up a facade, that's what's going to connect. with yep. Not just that generation, I think it's connecting with the entire world right now. Absolutely. People are hungry for it.
1: Because it's, it's what they're missing, it's what they're not seeing. and And that's part of it for me, I think, especially like youth context, right, there's sort of this pressure that if my lights aren't cool enough, if my haze isn't cool enough, if if I don't have the band that's just as good as Hillsong Young and Free, if I don't have all of these games and resources and a massive budget that I can't pull it off. And, and I actually think we might be shifting to an age where... <laughs> you might that might actually hurt you if you have all that stuff mm. because it's this entertainment cycle that you create and if they ultimately they're gonna basically right they're gonna dance with who brought them right yeah and if what brought them is entertainment they're gonna expect entertainment and do you want to build the status quo that we will entertain yeah. you every single week I don't because I can't yeah. keep it up we don't have, we don't have a big enough budget people yeah. probably look at us and think oh they've got it no we don't yeah I can't entertain enough and so but what I can do is I could be authentic every week
0: and you switched up, up. One thing I love that you did is um, prior to you stepping in as our youth pastor, we had kind of done away with our game room because it was, honestly, it was all stuff from the 90s. It was video games and yeah. arcade stuff, and no teenagers wanted to do that. They all wanted to connect with each other. So we had basically stopped the game room for a solid probably five years. Then when you stepped in last year, you said, you know what? Let's turn that game room into a community game yes. room where everything, there's no video games. It's Nothing all, electronic. Yeah, it's all like community driven where it's three or four people interacting with each other. Yeah. And it's more of like a hangout spot where they can come to church and then right after church go up to that game room area and, and build community. Yes. And there's no electronics, no technology um so anyways it just goes right along with what you're saying yeah exactly and
1: and it just it it really helps solve a problem i think for a lot of people that want to reach this generation is you realize how possible it is but we have to kind of do away with um years and years of of what we've known i think youth ministry to be because if you yeah. actually think about it pastor paul is we youth ministry on a broad scale just really hasn't changed yeah you know what i mean like when you really think about it for the last 20 years it's been fairly fairly the same and and that's where I really believe we're coming into a, a moment where it needs to change. And I love I uh, just a couple of scripture verses that yeah. I've been wrestling yeah. with. Um, you know, I for for me and, and understanding the, the signs of the times, right? Understanding Generation Z. I think first of all, um, it, it's interesting. Jesus actually put it this way. He said, "You know how to interpret weather, but you don't know how to interpret the present times." He said that to Pharisees and to those people around. He's saying, you, "Great, you know when the winds are blowing that that well, the weather's changing." good for you but you can't even look around and see the culture and what's happening in your world around you you're not willing to change and believe it or not i i do have the opportunity of mentoring at least a youth pastor a week that wants help and and what i'm noticing a trend and this isn't a call out it's more of just a trend i'm seeing is there's this fear to change out of what they know they know or maybe Mm. even the ministry style that got them saved wow but i really believe that we're going to end up in that pharisaical mindset and we're we're married to a method. Yeah. And and if we get married to that method, we're yeah. going to lose. And so that's even for me, you know, I want to understand the signs of the times. The sons of Issachar um, in 1st Chronicles 12:32 were referenced as men who understood the signs of the times. We see this come up both in the Old Testament and the New Testament that yeah. there needs to be an awareness of where we're at and 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 what we need to do to reach that generation so i think if your mind is there if you're already thinking it and you're feeling it where where, again whatever part of church leadership you find yourself in and and you're starting to be aware of it you're you're on the right track and then i think there's hope for the church right because uh we don't want to build students who love youth ministry but hate victory a challenge i've given myself personally is that I want it to be impossible to say, I love Victory Youth, but I hate Victory Church. Or, I love Victory Church, but I hate Victory Youth. I right. feel like they should be more synonymous than that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're going to graduate, and then they're going to join the whole church. And yeah. we need to be building up that next generation of leaders. But yeah. We need to understand the signs of the times to do it. I
0: think yeah. that's really good, Sam. I, I love it, and I know we're kind of getting to the end of this conversation. Yep. But just any last words of advice for uh, people out there that feel called to connect with really the age group between, I think we're talking like 10 years old to 19 years old yeah. right now, yeah. um, teenagers and preteens that are headed towards their teenage years, maybe even parents that are watching today that have a teenager that are like, I don't know what to do, what the heck, how am I supposed to connect with my teen? Um, what's just some last words of advice you'd share? Yeah.
1: and you know i think i think sometimes there's always this this fear with teenagers for some reason and and i've started to notice it the longer i've been in youth ministry is this reality that in some ways it's actually an age bracket where people kind of just like want to put them in their their programming or hey hand them off to their coaches hand them off to the youth pastor hand them off to their teachers because it's a tough season to connect with them, and yet what's interesting is, again, I really believe this, when you can open up, and I'll just go back to that authenticity piece. For me, um, whether it's a student who loves video games or is an athlete or wherever they're at, I firmly believe that I can find a connection by really pressing in and caring about what they care about and being real with them. I know it sounds so simple and so basic, but it's actually having that conversation and, and not always Feeling like you need to sound right. Like yeah. here I am. I'm gonna shove something down your throat. Here's what I believe. But actually ask them where are they at? What what do they think? Yeah. And and for me, I just lead with questions. And it's a hard thing to do sometimes when you get older because you feel like you have the answers. But for connecting with this generation, questions are so powerful. I love it. Because they dig up something real, they dig up something it. authentic. So you wanna connect with a teenager. Ask them good questions and watch what they answer because they do have answers because they are thinking.
0: And I bet it also empowers it makes them feel empowered, like, oh, you care what I have to say. You you actually want to hear my opinion. And uh I love that. So yesterday, I'll end with these last last few thoughts. Yesterday I was talking with this pastor, built an amazing ministry, um, reaching thousands of people. But he said, You know, I, I made a mistake here, and he said, and I'm I'm willing to share this publicly. He said, during all of the ministry activity I was doing, he said, I, I honestly wasn't around my, my kids during their teenage years. And he said, it wasn't until just like a year or two ago that I stepped back and one of them's turning 20. And he said, God really checked me. Like, why did you why did you pour all of your energy into the ministry? And and it wasn't that he was a bad dad, but he just wasn't checked in wow. watching his teens grow. And um, he said, you know, I think... For all the leaders out there that are hungry to grow their thing, don't miss those moments, especially those teenage years. He said those teenage years are so important, even though there's probably some annoying moments of rolling the <laughs> eyes, fighting with your yeah. daughter, fighting with your son who thinks he knows what's right. That, uh, But one thing he did say, he said, you know, I don't know how this happened, but he said both of them decided to keep their virginity during their teenage years. And he said, I think I know one reason, though. He said, I didn't force it on them. I didn't, I didn't sit down and say, you better not, you know, have sex with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you better not do this. He said, honestly, he said, if there's one thing I did do right during their teenage years is I didn't force them to do something that I Mm. knew was good for them. He said, I tried to just be available to talk with them when I could. He said, if I could go back to some of those other years, you know, where I was checked out and I was more focused on the ministry, I I would love to do that. But he said, thankfully, that one thing you know, is something I can look back and say, man, it's praise stuck. God, my teenagers made yeah. some good decisions. But I just encourage everyone out there who's yes. um, trying to connect with this generation right now that's you know, teenagers in high school and middle school, take this podcast and break it down with someone. Process it with your team, talk yeah. it over with uh, some of your staff members, talk it over with some of your friends um, that are called to reach this this generation. And then if you want to connect with us, we have a conference once a year called the Victory Conference, and uh, this year we're going to have a breakout session where we pour into kids pastors, youth pastors, yep. college pastors, and uh, and leaders that are called to connect with that generation. So maybe you could come out for that. It'll be right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hang out. Second week of August, yes. come meet Sam, come meet our kids pastor, Amy. Uh, my wife and I, Ashley and I, will be a part of that. And I believe it'll be worth your investment. But also, just stay connected with the podcast here. Thanks for listening today. You can follow Sam on Instagram. What's your What's your Instagram at handle?
1: Sam L. Grosso, G-R-O-S-S-O. And at Sam L. Grosso.
0: And then they can also follow our Victory Youth on Instagram yeah, which and is all that stuff.
1: At Vy Tulsa. At Vy Tulsa. At Vy Tulsa. Out.
0: And you can kind of see some of the stuff they're doing. Um, We just launched earlier this year our first Wednesdays where we still have our regular regular Wednesday night services, but our first Wednesdays, the youth combined, kids combined. It's a lot of fun. So go online. Go check it out. We love you so much. Thanks for watching today. Thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for listening uh, on the podcast. And uh, stay tuned for more episodes like this. God bless you. You're amazing.